It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from Studio 31, Darren Millard along with Darren Elliott. We are getting ready for Game 3 of the West Division first round series of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights even up at one game apiece after the split at T-Mobile Arena. The scene now moves to XL Energy Center, or the X as the locals in St. Paul call it. Uh, this is an intriguing matchup and an intriguing situation for the Golden Knights who have been the chasers uh, seemingly for the entire uh, length of the franchise with the Vegas Golden Knights against the Minnesota Wild. Win tonight, Darren Elliott. The Vegas Golden Knights become the defenders and the leaders of this uh, matchup for the first time ever. There's a lot of uh, at stake, not only the lead in the series, but some confidence and psychologically uh, motivation there. I think so. I mean, uh, you saw their confidence level or their um, comfort level with their game change when uh, Jonathan Marshall scored. And, and then you played much closer to this brand of hockey you want to. You get the victory, and, and so you're, you're going to this game feeling that you have established where your game is at in a series. Um, now, was it perfect? Not if you watch the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So they know there's some things to clean up, but uh, uh, it, it, pivotal game, certainly, but I think they go into this one feeling pretty good about themselves. Mentioned the pregame show the other day that uh, if the Golden Knights uh, capitalize on the expectations that uh, the game two moment – will be a mere footnote. It may not even ever be reflected upon. That kind of changed after the first period in what you witnessed in in Marc-Andre Fleury. That 20-minute performance may go down as one of the most important in the entire run should it occur. Agreed. And he, you know, recognizing the moment, um, Marc-Andre Fleury has done it throughout his career, obviously. Uh, Just remarkable. This season... It seems wherever the motivation has been drawn from, uh, he's had something to prove in a career. And maybe that's what the greats do, to find ways to to challenge themselves. He certainly has done that and met the challenge. In that instance, uh, the Wild just had control of the game. He was phenomenal. Didn't let them take control of the game on the scoreboard. And uh, as we know, it worked out well. There's uh, keeping your team in it. There's uh, maintaining uh, within reach. Like, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Say, say you're only down 2 nothing or you're one nothing after the first period, and you're like, boy, uh, he gave us a chance. Right. 0-0 was a totally different story. It felt like a, a 2 nothing lead. It, it did. And, and one of the things, you know, you, you see when the, when the guys are asked about Marc-Andre Fleury's performances in the postgame uh, scrums and stuff, um, they, they all just go, what we expect of them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they know that it's r- ridiculous what they're saying because he's played at such a high level. And I think the thing that has been so impressive to me this year is the consistent excellence. It, it hasn't, there hasn't been very many uh, bumps in the road this season with Marc-Andre Fleury's performances. Uh, we will get into the big hit, the controversial hit by Nazem Kadri in the Colorado-St. Louis series and uh, break down some of the other matchups uh, that are occurring in the National Hockey League. The North Division got involved last night with Edmonton losing to Winnipeg in Game 1 there. Toronto against Montreal tonight. Uh, so a lot on the plate during this uh, nighttime at noon uh, edition with Darren Millard and Darren Elliott. But the big focus is Game 3 in Minnesota-St. Paul. 
Paul, with the Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, playing for a 2-1 series lead. Uh, Cody Glass, Dylan Secura have been recalled. They were on the ice this morning for the pregame skate. Uh, uh, Connor Brown is also a possibility with the expected absence of uh, Tomas Nosek, who only played three shifts in game number one. Uh, no sign of Max Patch ready in the pregame skate uh, this morning. Uh, the head coach, uh, Pete DeBoer, saying that he is a game-time decision tonight. Uh, where do you see uh, the changes or, or maybe just the continuation, if you want to look at it that way, from Game 2 to Game 3 that the Golden Knights have to uh, accomplish to pick up a victory and be competitive here in this game tonight? Well, I think th there's a couple of things. I mean, you'd like your power play to be a little bit better. Got a goal, though, mm -hmm. so, so maybe that's helpful too. Um, but you got to get to the inside. and, and that I, We all talk about that. Blah, blah, get to the inside. What does that mean? That means are you generating chances that generate chances? Mm. Okay, if, you, if, you're, if you're playing from the perimeter, those chances don't typically lead to anything else. If you're diligent enough to get the puck to the spot, the dangerous scoring area, you're probably going to either score or generate another chance. And then do you have the waves to be there for those potential chances? And, and I thought they did a really good job of that in this second Cam Talbot, he, he's a pitch back. He is a guy that will throw the puck back in play. He will generate rebounds. The Wild defend so well in layers in front of the net. They pack it in around the crease. So it's difficult to get to those pucks, but given Cam Talbot in goal, if you're getting chances from inside of 30 feet, you will have second chances if you can get there. I had one of those pitchbacks as a kid. <laughs> Remember that? And I had brothers, which tells yeah. me tells me that uh, my brothers, I just clued into this, didn't want to play with me, that I had to go out and get a pitchback uh, <laughs> to, to, to play catch. Um, you're, you're right about that. Uh, chances that generate chances. So w if, if the Golden Knights are being successful and they're on top of their game, uh, this is one thing to keep in mind, uh, going off Darren Elliott's uh, description there. How many scrambles do we see around the, the Minnesota Wild net. If you see a scramble, that means chances are generating chances, Correct. right? That's right. And, but then how successful are you in getting those on net? That's where you know Minnesota has been a sneaky good team this year for a lot of reasons, uh, part of its personnel, but part of it's the way they play. They're one of the better teams defending in front of their net and at generating at the other end in front of the net. So you, in combination, and, and, and the Golden Knights are one team that gives up a lot of chances close to the net. So you add that all together, and, and you might start to have a little bit of insight as to why the Wild have, have proven to be a, a difficult matchup for the Golden Knights. So Alex Tuck scores his first goal of the playoffs and then follows it up with a power play goal in the third period. Both are on top of the crease. Both are different types of goals yeah. than Alex Tuck normally scores. Is that a real positive, going with your theory? Uh, it, it is for me because... He brought the puck into the zone on at least one of them uh, with his speed, what we always see, but didn't force it to the net right away. Yeah. But then himself, even though the puck went elsewhere, he went to where he expected the puck to be if you're going to score a goal and, and did just that. So I, I look at it as a positive. Uh, Nosek uh, came out uh, early on in the game. They'll have to make a lineup decision if he can't go. Uh, but uh, the idea of uh, Cody Glass being available, Dylan Secura, who scored uh, in his last uh, game with the Vegas Golden Knights, are options. Uh, in the past, you would say Cody Glass, no-brainer to go in. But if you're going to play him, uh, you have to play him, I would think, down the middle because he seems yep. way more comfortable there. 
and you have to play him up uh, in the lineup. Alex Tuck looked like he had some chemistry going with Chandler Stevenson uh, during the course of Game 2. So I'm, I'm kind of caught in between what you might do with Cody Glass or just play Alex Tuck up and backfill that, that meat grinder position with, say, a Connor Brown. Yeah, or, sorry, uh, sorry, Patrick Brown. Yeah, Connor Brown would be a different story. Yeah, he's Ottawa and, uh, and we probably and have Toronto. to play him yes. up in the lineup yes. too. <laughs> but Patrick Brown's a veteran guy. I, I I agree with you in terms of playoff hockey. Um, what you're looking for, uh, Cody Glass between Reeves and Carrier, for for instance, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, not really. Not 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 from a playoff standpoint. It doesn't to me anyway. Um, I would prefer what you said, put uh, Patrick Brown into the lineup, fourth line center, and keep Alex Tuck right where he was with Stone and and Chandler Stevenson. Impressive. Uh, Alex Tuck, 17 career playoff goals, leads the Golden Knights franchise. If you didn't live in this market, you might win a, a bet at the bar. You might you might win a chaser. Even in this market, are, you, you had might that win one. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's wild to think how much of a playoff performer he has been. Yeah, and I, you'd probably get, Mar- you know, Marshall's right there, so mm-hmm. he would be. Um, but people would, might lean towards uh, William Carlson, someone like that. But, uh, yeah, Alex Tuck, I mean, we saw it in the bubble, yeah. and uh, we saw it last game. If, if he continues to play at that high level, what a, what a boost. Uh, well, it's necessary. It's not a boost anymore. It's 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 kind of required. Oh, did you think the Golden Knights were tentative in Game Two, and does that change because of the confidence of scoring and going on the road? I thought they looked tight. Well, tentative, tight. It's semantics at this mm-hmm. point, right? I thought they played much better at, as we mentioned, it went when they finally got on the scoreboard. It was such a quick response to that goal. Uh, it ties it up right away, and you're right back at it. They seem to get to their game. I think it's more we got to our uh, that whole saying. That's the way we have to play. That's why we feel comfortable playing like this. Can we dictate? Can we do some things offensively? Um, and they got better defensively. Couldn't be much, you know worse than they were in that first yeah. period in terms of giving up quality scoring chances. So the two in combination, we got things going up the ice and in our own zone through the neutral zone, we were much better. Now, I say that, you have to remember, Marc-Andre Fleury, a handful of just quality saves in the third period when the score was 2-1. to one. So um, all these games against Minnesota have been, you know, relative one goal game. That one doesn't go down in the books as one because of the empty netter, mm-hmm. but Realistically, it was another very tight, hotly contested game. Yes, I thought they were uh, entered the game a little tight and tentative, and I think a lot of it has to do with expectations. You mentioned the empty net. It was on Talbot, the, the power play goal late. We think of it as an empty Oh, as yeah, an that's right, it was. We, yeah. we, we, we think of it as an empty netter, but that, that's not a throwaway goal no, just to not. give yourself some cushion. When you're struggling to put the puck in the net and the narrative that had oh, resurfaced uh, after game number one, that was a really important goal. It was. It was. Uh, I, you, it, it goes on to the, the sheet as a power play goal, yeah. something you hadn't done in a while. So it, it is valuable. More important than an empty netter. Uh, but, again, a, a two-goal game, hotly contested game. Um, difference being, you can tell, uh, expectations. They're, they, there's expectations. You're higher than getting out of the first round, but you got to get out of the first round. We love the Fortress. It yes. is such an electric unique atmosphere so why am i hearing this conversation come up about how going on the road may be a good thing for the golden knights 
I don't know. That's what everybody says when you go on the road, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's a default Thank position. you for saying that <laughs> because I've, I've, I've always wanted somebody to explain it to me. And by you, you not that you explained it, but you debunked it. Well, uh, yeah. Bit. It's like, okay, you go on the road, you get to focus on hockey. Well, these guys have been focusing on hockey for over a year, like the bu- since the bubble, right? So it, it, that kind of those that, that notion is more of, okay, we were at home for a long time. Now you get just with the guys and you just – focus on hockey okay might be something to that maybe sort of I just think um, it's the playoffs and you know whether you're at home or on the road they're going to be excited you know the home team will have that little burst you would expect because they're playing in front of their fans not nearly as many as as uh, had in Vegas expecting about 4,000 okay there you go Um, but you know so it'll have some energy but uh, overall it's like the way they played the second half of that game two. That's me- more of an influence. Means more than, than anything yeah. else. Means more than it. where the game is played, uh, what time the game is played, or anything like that. Hey, when did you do talk radio uh, last? Oh. Boy, I used to do a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, nothing uh, in this studio. Maybe the last time we did the jersey reveal, some oh, of yeah. the stuff around here. Um, that's about it. You know, call. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. On you the do <laughs> listen to, uh, to the VGK Insider <laughs> Show all that. And the only reason I know that is because he'll text me. Darren Elliott will text me and say, are you out of your mind with that that take? What are you What are you oh. doing? Oh, we'll have to bring you on the air on, on that show uh, more often. Uh, hey, Golden Knight fans, uh, the best way to show your spirit, no matter where you are in Nevada, is with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, license plate. A VGK plate is a great way to night up your vehicle and show everyone on the road what team you root for. It's one of the first things I noticed when I moved here was all the license plates. Go to uh, dmvnv.com plates today. Uh, dmvnv.com plates today and show your pride. You'll hear from Pete DeBoer on the other side as we continue on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We've taken a lot of pride all year in, in showing up on the road and, and, uh, and playing well. Uh, I think it, it does take a little bit of pressure off that maybe we were feeling you know, particularly in game one, uh, you know, to, to, to score and really, uh, really put on a show. So, you know, I, I'm anticipating a, a real solid, uh, smart road game by our group. And I think we're comfortable in that environment. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Inside City National Arena, Studio 31, Darren Millard, Darren Elliott, Game 3, Golden Knights and Wild tonight in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Pre-game show, 5.30, cutting into the BGK Insider Show. And then face off uh, just after 6.30 tonight with Dan Duba and Gary Lawless. So we just heard Darren, uh, we listened to Pete DeBoer talk about going on the road. Yeah. there's, there's going on the road for to be together and, and, and get away and, and relax uh, and uh, take some of the pressure off. And then there's going on the road because that environment, it was like the crowd. I was surprised at the how nervous the crowd was uh, <laughs> in game number two. They, they get away from that. There's no because the, yeah. the players are used to that raucous environment at T-Mobile Arena. When it's quiet, that has to get into their system a little bit. Well, you're going – I mean, I, I think what got into their system more is they weren't playing well. Hmm. Like, they're not going to be silent through the first 20 minutes. The crowd would be going crazy if there was something to go, they to go crazy right. about, other than Marc-Andre Fleury saves. So I, it, what comes first, right? The performance on the ice 
leading to the crowd or the crowd being all revved up? I've never had an answer to that question. Right. I've you know, never been able I, to give an answer yeah, to that so question. Yeah, so, I mean, again, as a player, it's awesome to play in an environment like that. I don't know that I've ever played one quite like that because mm-hmm. there never existed no. <laughs> until the Golden Knights. So, but, but everybody, I would even say on the road, Okay, 4,000 fans in Minnesota. They're going to be as loud as they possibly can be. It's not going to be anything like the crowd for game one and game two. And that's not a bad thing even as a visiting player. There's a little bit of, like, okay, there's an, it matters. The game matters. You know it matters because it matters to the fans. You can hear them. They're excited. So I don't see it as a negative at all other than how are you playing? How are you performing at that particular time? And I think that would be more concerning. So now – it's like, okay, now we just go on the road. We just focus on the game because they're not cheering for us. Maybe there's something to that. But I, I to me, it, it's performance-based. And, yeah, you want to have a great atmosphere, and that really helps a lot in, in certain situations, um, especially during the regular season when it's you might have a dip. It's like you got to manufacture your emotion to get ready to play at your level as an individual, and the Fortress able to do that. Thank you very much. But collectively, in a playoff game, it's going to be more about, okay, we're tight right now. We scored a goal. Now we feel better. Oh, guess what? Fans feel a lot better, too. All of a sudden, the silence becomes, okay, they get to unleash a little bit, and the two go together the rest of that hockey game. But it was based on, like, the crowd would have gone silent again had they started to play you know, poorly, but they didn't. They ramped up their game. Nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas, game three between the Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild tonight. Uh, your comparison between the two buildings is uh, interesting because a couple of years ago I had a member of the Minnesota Wild organization uh, come to me and say, we have gone to our operations and tried to get them to do more of this. Right. Like That's how much people love, whether you're uh, the home team or the road team, you appreciate uh, that environment. So, uh, I yeah, you're going to see here feel uh, something different from the XL Energy Center uh, tonight. Uh, from the uh, the Golden Knights uh, side of it, they've had a great first period in game number one, didn't get anything out of it, and a suspect first period in game two, as politely as I can put it, right. and stayed in it. Uh, do you think we get a more balanced first period tonight as the teams have uh, felt things out a little bit, or will we see these wild swings I don't know if we'll see uh, wild swings. I see what you, I see what you did there. The uh, I would expect again the home team, quote unquote, uh, just like in game one, the home team carried the the play early on. I would expect them there'll be a little bit of let's get through these first the old cliche ten minutes. Get to the first TV timeout. You know, let's get through it. Get everybody in quick changes. Get everybody uh, in some kind of rhythm and, and routine into the game. Um, and whether whatever the, the Minnesota Wild might throw at them as a, the first home game uh, for the players. Because don't forget, the, the Wild are a little bit ahead of schedule in terms yeah. of where they thought they were going to be. Um, make the playoffs was hopeful. Um, be a true contender, that's ahead of schedule. So uh, they're feeling pretty pretty good about themselves. And I would expect them to have a good first period, a little bit of survival probably from uh, the Golden Knights early on. and establish your game along the way, kind of build towards it. Darren Millard, Darren Elliott here in Studio 31. This is nighttime at noon, Game 3 tonight. The winner between the Wild and the Golden Knights takes a 2-1 series lead in this first round West Division best of seven. Minnesota has been a tough place for Vegas to play. But the last time in 
it was scoring five, lost six five, but you you know there's a, a real indicator as to why you fell short in that game. The next game, you end up pulling out the two points. How much does that spill over psychologically to the Golden Knights to give them uh, a little bit more giddy up tonight? Yeah, there's a comfort You're not buying level. It. I'm not buying much of it. Yeah. You know, because again, it's it's like this is game 3 in this series. It's a completely di- different set of circumstances. Um had you never won there, there'd be more written about it. We know that they've struggled against this franchise and struggled in that building and okay, so you got an overtime victory. You won with an extra time. Okay, good. That's okay. Um make, makes it less of an issue maybe for the media coming into this one. Again, I think it's it's the matchup. And it, it's been a tough matchup. And, and it's the way it's set up, it's going to be tight, one-goal, two-goal game situation. That's just that's playoff hockey, and that's the way the, the Minnesota Wild play. And, and really, that's what the Golden Knights are, are able to play uh, any, style of, any style of hockey that's thrown at them. A great watch party tonight coming up at uh, Circa. How great. Oh. It's going to be just rocking. Stadium oh, swim. There. That is, uh, you going to put on your, uh, your, your trunks? trunks? Yeah. Uh, not this time. We'll wait for a little little later in the playoffs for that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the water's uh, <laughs> over 80 degrees. It's great. So that you are. Get, oh, get you're working. No, I'm working. You're working, sorry. If okay. I wasn't working, well, I would it, be over there. If I go down that path, I'll make sure I take a selfie and send it to you. Yeah. Well, can you can you get my big head in the background? <laughs> uh, that's the watch party, and then we've got the uh, the Water Street Plaza on on Saturday, Saturday. which has uh, have become uh, an amazing place to uh, to watch. They, we we watched we, you and I were working yeah. the game where they had the watch party the other night, and we got some some video sent in, and uh, what a spectacular setup over on Water Street. Yeah, the city of Henderson, uh, it, it, they've done so much uh, to build that up right outside Lifeguard Arena. Uh, big screen is on, affixed to lifeguard, so it's it's a happening. Uh, they they close off the street, and you know, can walk around and uh, watch the game. It's it's a real party atmosphere for sure. Get vaccinated and go out <laughs> and live your life. Right there, you go. Like, like do it. it. You can do it. You can live your life now, uh, <laughs> and you can have a watch party, and yeah. and you can participate in a watch party and become part of this uh, Stanley Cup playoff run. It's one of the great things that. Uh, that, that I missed last summer was yeah. the the team went to the Western Conference final and you didn't get to share it with each other. No. And th- like the idea of having a watch party was so far away from our focus last summer and we're doing it right now. Yeah. And again, it's, uh, it's one of the cooler things I got to say. I mean, I know they do them around the league mm-hmm. again, like everything else that I've seen since I've come to Vegas, they do them better here than anywhere else at, at these different venues. Canada, we just call it going to a bar. <laughs> exactly. Come on, see at the bar, hey boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what time are you going to be there? That's the that's the only question. Uh, what, right. what, what time are you going to be there? Uh, listen, uh, the the whole Minnesota thing is a thing. Yeah. Uh, against the Minnesota Wild, it's a thing until it's not a thing. Is the best way I can yes. explain it, and that's incumbent on the Golden Knights yes. to erase it. And I understand you, and that's terrifying. <laughs> Right now, but but I understand that that line. You see of the smoke in in Angelo's head right now. Like, well, what the like, what the? I got into this business for this, <laughs> but yeah, it's a thing. It's a tough matchup. You know, there's different teams that you match up differently throughout the the the, the league. 
it just happens to also be your first round opponent. It, it, so you you have to vanquish them them to this time around. They're the mm-hmm. ones in front of you, whether they're, they're someone that you match up well against or not. In this moment, you must vanquish them to move on uh, to, to pursue what you wanted to do at, collectively as a group. Um, the fact that you can do that, have the chance to do both, move on and uh, dispel that uh, kind of previous history, uh, what an opportunity. What a difference from a year ago in the bubble when you had that uh, three-game round robin oh, and, and there was no pressure. Yeah. They won the games. There was yeah. an overtime game mixed in there, but no pressure. They played uh, Chicago, got through the first three games with ease in that one, yep. ended up going five, but there was no uh, drama, no, no. tenseness until late in the Vancouver series, and right off the bat, they're dealing with it now. Yeah, and, and again, a lot of that is would be there anyway. Expectations have yeah. absolutely elevated each successive season because of the success of the franchise. But then you're facing your what has been your kryptonite, uh, so to speak, in, in the Minnesota Wild, um, and you know that, uh, that there's no easy games against them. It, it's They're just a difficult opponent, and uh, they're standing in the way of uh, round two. I feel bad for the Achilles heel because it gets totally overshadowed right now by the use of kryptonite. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, we've moved on. <laughs> we, we, we shrugged aside with our Achilles cliches. heel. <laughs> uh, Darren Millard along with the Olympian and former National Hockey Leaguer Darren Elliott uh, here in Studio 31 for nighttime at noon. Golden Knight fans, 2021 Kid Club kits are available now. You can tell a broadcaster didn't write this one. Uh, Kids Club kits are available now. Oof. Items include a Bluetooth speaker, exclusive <laughs> Chance beanie, custom coloring book, and much, much more. Show your spirit and join Chance's Kids Club today by visiting vgkkidsclub.com. Kits are available while supplies last. I'm going to, during this commercial break, uh, discuss things with whoever wrote that uh, that liner. Uh, big hit last night. Controversial hit by Nazem Kadre of the uh, Colorado Avalanche. We'll get into that, plus some news regarding the former president of the New York Rangers where John Davidson is going to end up, plus the other happenings in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Tucked to the left side, Stevenson with under a minute to go. Talbot is in the crease. Stevenson centered, and they score! Alex Tuck! The second goal of the contest for Alex Tuck. 3-1 goal tonight. 51 seconds to play. Power play goal. Live from City National Arena, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Not only was it a third goal, it was a power play goal. It was scored on a netminder. There was so, so much went into that goal that where you think, ah, it's just late in the game and they throw one on the board. It doesn't mean anything. That one actually met something uh, the other night in game two. Darren Millard along with Darren Elliott. I agree. Uh, again, I, I like the team's play. I liked uh, Tuck's play. The second half of that hockey game was they play like that, you know, the old saying, they play like that for longer stretches. Uh, than just half a game, uh, you, you should be able to win tonight. We have some other news in the National Hockey League to uh, tell the people about. First up, uh, John Davidson, yeah. uh, uh, fired as president of the New York Rangers a couple of weeks ago. Really surprising move that they removed uh, both uh, J.D. and Jeff Gorton as the general manager. Well, J.D. is uh, returning to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who he left for the New York Rangers, and is going to be president uh, of hockey operations for the Blue Jackets. That's a great hire. It's a great hire because, I mean, let's let's be honest, the CBJs in the city of Columbus, they've had a credibility issue at the NHL level the last couple of years. Like, there's turmoil. Players won't stay. John Davidson coming back 
is a is a credibility boost in, in my mind. He's he's that honest. He's that well thought of uh, in, in National Hockey League circles. Nazem Kadri has been offered an in-person hearing via Zoom uh, for an illegal check to the head on Justin Falk last night. Uh, this is a player with history. Colorado won again. Uh, High-scoring game. They threw six on the board last night as uh, St. Louis kept pushing back and pushing back uh, in it. But uh, Colorado has a 2-0 series lead. Uh, This we've seen before from Naz. Uh, We've always wondered why it keeps happening. And I'd like to say I'm surprised that it happened (laughs) again, but I'm not. And first of all, your assessment on the hit and where you see maybe a number. Well, he, again, five suspensions, I believe, two in the, two of the last four playoff series mm-hmm. uh, seasons. Uh, one was at three. They moved it to five. To me, this one, you, you have to escalate as a repeat offender, and not just once, but now another time. Um, eight games, uh, to me, uh, that, that's where I would be on it. Um, it. Obviously, now that tips my hand as to what I thought of the hit, Completely unnecessary. So many other plays could have been made uh, that were smarter. Um, no awareness of the game situation um, and what you might do. Yeah, they fought back. That kind of gave them some juice, mm-hmm. which it usually does. You're up 3-1. to one, There's not much going on other than the Avs are in control. Throws everything um, kind of... Up in the air. It, it puts jeopardy on It was what's a 3-1 game Colorado at yeah. the time. Five-minute major, St. Louis scored once on the major. Right, but then they scored again yeah. later on. But the problem is they can't stop. <laughs> they yeah. can't stop the abs. I, I, to me, Kadri is a, is a very effective player. Um, but, again, it, it's obviously in his makeup that the wires touch. He saw a vulnerable player, and he chose that puck-optional play. Um, that, that laid out Jacob Slavin. This predates the Golden Knights' inclusion in the National Hockey League. Matt Cook hit on Mark Savard, mm-hmm. changed the game, changed the rules of the game. Yeah. And this that goes back more than a decade. It, it and, does. And yesterday's hit was right in that same wheelhouse. It is. When you an unsuspecting player... Principal point of con- all these terms that didn't belong in hockey and or were ne- never part of the vernacular until that yeah. marks about it. The head was picked. Principal point of contact. Um, unsuspecting player. On and on and on. Uh, that fit that bill. All that. Uh, now we've all heard those terms, and we're hearing them again because of the cadre hit. Do you think it has an impact on the series, or could have an impact on on, on a series? It, it could be a negative impact, certainly. And now. Um, or is Colorado just so good? I, I think in this instance that's the case, that, that they can weather that. But if it's as long as, as I hope it is, um, then it could affect negatively the, the, the abs. Because well, that's second line. Exactly. So he's, it's not like it's you know, um, a, a spare part player that, that did this. It's somebody that plays a lot of minutes in a lot of key situations. Uh, North Division actually got going in the Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs last night. I watched that one. Uh, Winnipeg beating Edmonton. My prediction is one of Toronto or Edmonton will fail to get out of the first round. I'm not going to judge anything on last night right. uh, and saying I'm, I'm right on that. Just one of the two. They, they've underachieved together for so many years that I don't think they, they <laughs> both get get over the hump in the, in the same time period. But 
Uh, how surprised were you to watch Winnipeg be able to defend and shut down Drysaddle and McDavid? I was very surprised because they haven't shown that propensity at all. They haven't shown that ability to shut anybody down uh, at any point this season. That was a well-constructed defensive hockey game by the Winnipeg Jets. And if you if they play with that kind of discipline, with Connor Hellebuck and goal, and you cut down on the quality scoring chances. Uh, it was a 2-1 game with a couple of empty netters. Right, exactly. Um, there's those empty netters. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean, I didn't want to correct you. Oh, no, uh, no, I get it. No, it's good. Good no, correction. Because no. <laughs> I hate it when people correct me that, like, two times that I've been wrong. Uh, I've hated it. Happened it both times. Yeah, it happened both times somebody <laughs> corrected me. But I, I was surprised by Winnipeg. If they play like that, because the other thing is there's not a lot around Edmonton. It's not like somebody, like, if, if it's not, if you, if you shut down Connor McDavid and you leave Dreisaitl on an island playing on his mm. own line, that's about it. They're well, three and four lines, the third line yeah. and the fourth line, unlike Colorado, where they can do some Correct. damage, Edmonton can't. R- exactly. So it, it's it's a good bet that it's like, like, focus on those guys and let the other guys beat you, and they, it didn't happen last night. Here's uh, the thing. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't play for Winnipeg. I know. Uh, Nick Ehlers didn't play for Winnipeg. Two of their better uh, offensive they're players. They're expecting them to be back at some point in the series. Uh, we heard the noise in Vegas after game number one, and that uh, – dialect uh, and narrative about not being able to score. How loud do you think it is in Edmonton today after dropping game number one? Well, it's probably loud because, I mean, I think McDavid had one shot on goal uh, credited the the entire game, which is ridiculous, right? He was getting almost three points a game uh, to get over the 100-point mark down the stretch. I just think it also shows how vulnerable they are. It it is close. Hockey's not a one-man team sport no. uh, like basketball for instance even basketball nowadays they, they say they need three right the big three they're, they're not deep enough um, if you shut down Connor McDavid you have a good chance of of beating the Edmonton Oilers and I think that was on display uh, last night shocking part is Edmonton had last change and they still couldn't get around it so uh, good coaching on, on yeah. Winnipeg side uh, buy-in from Winnipeg side uh, I I fear a motivated Connor McDavid, and so we'll For see sure. what happens uh, coming back in in game number yep. two there. Uh, Toronto against Montreal. Uh, this one has question marks all over the place, uh, <laughs> like goaltending to defense and lineups, and who's healthy and who's not healthy. But uh, one thing we know is Toronto can put the puck in the net. They can put it in the net, and they're a little bit deeper mm-hmm. in, in terms of uh, where their offense can come from. Um, I, I don't. It, Montreal is kind of like a hodgepodge to me. They've got some. Guys were well past the prime, uh, you know, Shea Weber, those kind of guys. Uh, Stahl, I, think. I don't know if they get But they're bigger. And, and, they and, are and, bigger. And I, I, I think they they're, built, they're for, built for this, just like Winnipeg's more built, built for, for this. The playoffs. I can see that, um, certainly. But, again, I, there, is there anybody that's really proven uh, as a playoff performer, I guess on either side, because neither yeah. have had playoff success in a long time. Bogosian, because he won a cup. That's right. Uh, former Thrasher, uh, Zach Bogosian. Oh, uh, part of the club. <laughs> you guys have a secret handshake? Anybody that was part of the Atlanta Thrashers organization, what's the secret yeah, handshake? Like fly away. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. But, no, it's. Uh, I, I would think Toronto would handle that. But you, you're right. There's question marks in goal, which you can't have in the playoffs. So not those questions like, okay, is it Jake Allen? Campbell? So, okay, how are they going to Yeah, perform? Campbell's going to start. Right. And, and, yeah. I, uh, and you don't have no... No resume at all. Hey, uh, on the subject of the Thrashers, yeah. I was thinking last night uh, because Paul Maurice yep. 
has a lot extensive coaching career. And Angela, you'll love this one. A good trivia question right now is name a is there a coach or name the coach in the National Hockey League who's coached for a team that doesn't exist? And it's Paul Maurice. He coached for the Hartford Whalers. Now, I know the franchise went to Carolina, but but that the Hartford Whalers don't exist. And so I was thinking that in my head last night. I'm like, oh, I better check Atlanta. <laughs> but but Bob Hartley and nobody else is currently coaching in the National Hockey League that coached the Atlanta, Atlanta Thrashers. No, I don't think so. As a head coach. As a head coach, no. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, that's how, how long ago. So, uh, Angela, you're free to use that one. Yeah. Uh, go go ahead. Uh, three straight overtimes, Boston and when Washington. Do you see Ovi yelling at the I, end of the game? There was a mix-up behind the, the, net, the net between Schultz and uh, Samsonov. Samsonov. Uh, do you think he was yelling at the defenseman or the goalie or just yelling? I don't know. I, I heard them speculate on the on the uh, telecast, which you never like to do. Is he? Sp- mm. I, can you tell? Is he speaking Russian? If he's speaking Russian, he's probably yelling at the goalie, mm-hmm. right? Because countrymen. If he's speaking English, he's yelling at the <laughs> at the defense. <laughs> who who was wrong in that uh, that exchange that led to the winning goal in overtime? I, I would say it, it it was a body language thing, and, and Samsonov has played some, mm. not too much this year actually. No, he that was his first game since May first. Right, but. So, th- so there's a little bit of miscommunication, right? So you go, the body language was he was going to shovel it, and the defenseman read that he's going to push it to me towards the corner, and then he just left it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would put it on the goalie. You, you're handling the puck. You've got to make a good uh, – tr- goalies can turn the puck over too. I always say that. Like, yeah. there's turnovers, they're bad plays, and that was a bad play. You've got to be decisive, That maybe more than anything especially in double overtime. Three straight games yeah. with three different starting goaltenders for the Washington that's Capitals. That's wild. Playoffs, uh, that's unheard of, really, you know. And uh, I can see why. He played really, really well. Yeah. Um, unfortunate ending for him in the Caps, but uh, he's a talented young goaltender. Just can't seem to stay healthy and keep his mind right to, to stay in there and be consistent, but he's young. Uh, Carolina beat the Oof. Atlanta Thrasher. That's like the series that exists because uh, Carolina's crowd has 93,224 in their rank. That's right. That seats uh, <laughs> that seats 17,000. They like to tailgate like it's a football stadium. <laughs> they, they do, but uh, but you, that's the the biggest gap in any series so far uh, with with Carolina winning both games. There, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, more on the VGK playing game three tonight. Who wins, the Wild or the Golden Knights? The Victor takes a 2-1 series lead. This is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, it wasn't wasn't a pleasant experience. Uh, this was totally different than, um, you know, a, a, a one-time negative test. We had, uh, I, I believe the number was they came back to us with was nine positives. So, obviously, um, you know, uh, unbelievable concern and and uh and and worry about what that means and 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 what what that's going to look like for your team going forward so you know uh we waited around uh I, I think once we heard that there was multiple teams in the same situation i think we started to put two and two together and realize that it was probably some type of lab error and that's what it turned out to be and but it took us till later afternoon to clear it up and we tra- changed some of our travel plans so just a uh, unfortunate, uh, you know, not pleasant experience. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
getting ready, packing your bags, going for two in St. Paul, games three and four of this first round series, and you get a little tap on the shoulder, nine positive tests. Oh. Uh, you, and, and when it's nine, like you're shut down. It's it's not like you're going, you're calling a couple of guys in from the taxi squad, and the the wheels must have been turning like crazy. Darren Millar, along with Darren Elliott, here at nighttime at noon, and uh, thankfully it was a lab mix-up. Uh, St. Louis Blues were also a part of that, and St. Louis actually had to go play last night. So they were in limbo uh, on That's a right. game day, at least uh, for the Golden Knights. It, it, it occurred on a travel day and some slight uh, tweaks in the in the travel plans. Uh, just wanted to make uh, an admission. I said the uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the, the Thrashers. It was the Predators. Uh, you, you, uh, you feel free to just jump all over me, okay? Yeah, I can see where you can make that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> one one team's in the league, the other one hasn't been for a decade. I talked about uh, <laughs> the fact that uh, the teams uh, don't exist anymore. Uh, Bill and Carol Foley created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. As a member of the society, you will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the globe. That's like worldwide. Uh, the Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Join for free today by visiting FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. Game 3 tonight, XL Energy Center. The Golden Knights are aiming for a 2-1 series lead if they can win back-to-back games in this first-round series. There's a, a couple of different areas that we can go on this, but uh, at first blush, when you look at this series, uh, where do you see uh, the Golden Knights having to be good, better, or dominant? Well, I think you want to get to your game as quickly as you can, playing the way you want to play, and and sustain it for longer stretches. We talked about the game two. It was better part of half a game, even though Minnesota had some good spurts when they were down 2-1 in the third. And your goaltender, Marc-Andre Fleury, made Kevin Fiala's night miserable. Mm. (laughs) He stopped him at least three times in the third on grade-A chances. So, I, to me, what the other part of that we talked about it earlier on is can you generate chances that if you don't score, lead to chances? And, and can you swarm the crease? Uh, it's the old thing, right? It's, it's pucks and people to the paint, you know, at the same time. And, that, that's, and at the other end, can you keep them away from Marc-Andre Fleury? They played five pretty good periods. Uh, that's what I mean. Out of the six in regulation. Exactly. Exactly, and you you didn't get anything for it. Again, were you were you flinging frisbees from the outside in the first game? More so, yes. Chances did not lead to chances. A lot of one and done, a lot of stuff that was handled. And I, look, I, former goaltender, forty-two save shutout. I'm I'm walking to the rink feeling good about myself. I'm Cam mm-hmm. Talbot. I don't care what what we're saying about the quality of the chances. Hey, forty-two shots were uh, registered officially. I stopped them all. So you know. Take it from there. I thought that they did a better job second half of game two in terms of how you have to score against Cam Talbot. Speculated uh, knowing that uh, Dylan Secura and Cody Glass have been recalled and are with the team. We're on the ice this morning. Uh, whether they would uh, slide in one of the two in favor of Tomasz Nosek if he can't go or whether it be Patrick Brown. Dean Evison, the head coach of the Minnesota Wild, Likes matching lines. You look at him on the bench, and he's always watching over. Some some coaches just roll their guys out. Yeah. Uh, Dean Dean likes to to match lines. That uh, that's another reason why I think Patrick Brown goes in uh, on that fourth line, just in case there's that matchup problem with Minnesota having last change. 
it's it's you know very very plausible. I mean, that's good logic on your part. Um, I'm very logical. Exactly. The, the other thing is about you know if the matchup situation, uh, we're not worried through three lines, like, offensively or defensively, right? So really, it is that fourth line. So you need a little bit of maybe more veteran presence um, in, in that situation if you get that one versus four matchup. That's going to happen uh, if it, against a coach who likes to match lines and offensive, you know, defensive zone faceoff for the Golden Knights, and they get uh, Kaprizov out there uh, against you know Brown, Carey, and Reeves. Those guys are veterans. They can probably settle it down enough uh, to clear the zone. I mean, that's what you're looking for in that situation. That's that's really what you're talking about. The other th- the other three lines to me is like mix and match. It, it, mm-hmm. I, I think they're all defensively responsible enough and veteran enough on the on the Golden Knights side. It doesn't matter how much um, Dean Evison wants to chase matchups. Interesting. Mark Stone uh, hasn't contributed uh, offensively. I think he's had some great looks in the first two games. Kirill Kaprizov hasn't contributed offensively. He's had some great looks. So both players probably feeling uh, a little bit snake bit right now. And they're both the kind of players that, uh, you know, if they get their looks, if, if they continue to get their looks, the puck will eventually find its way to the back of the net. Um, again, mi- missing Patrick. I mean, Patrick and Stone, um, you know, it's not quite Lennon and McCartney yet, but, uh, you know, it, it, they, they're as a tandem uh, with Stevens in the middle, good chemistry. Um, as well as Tuck played, when you mentioned the chemistry, it wasn't Tuck with Stone; it was yeah. Tuck with Stevenson. So you know, yeah, there, I did. There's a little bit of that, I think, as well. Missing his uh, his running mate. I use uh, I use Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. There you as go. Kiss. Yeah, I went to the Beatles, and we, there's lots of we could. Well, Gene was at the game the other day. Oh, d- 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 with the siren duty. There you so, go. That's right. Uh, that's that, that's where I'll go with that. Uh, stop by and visit City National Arena located in downtown Summerlin. Bring the family to learn to skate like the pros at the official practice facility of your Vegas Golden Knights. For hours and programming, visit citynationalarena.com. Or I just asked Darren Elliott, who uh, <laughs> who knows everything about City National Arena and Lifeguard uh, Arena. Uh, this is uh, going to be fun one tonight, and uh, we've got watch party at uh, Circa Saturday at Water Street Plaza for both games uh, on the road at XL Energy Center in St. Paul. And uh, Game 3 is one of those uh, swing games now uh, because of uh, the advantage. And I just go back to there's been uh, this narrative about the Minnesota Wild having the Golden Knights number. If Vegas can win tonight, they become the leader. They set the pace and how far that goes. And you're not chasing. Right. And and you're playing from in front. Uh, Big difference. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, no doubt about uh, who plays tonight. Uh, I think we were asking that question in Game 2. Would the rotation continue? I not, not as sure. Well, you weren't. <laughs> you might have been. I'm, I'm more logical. <laughs> you you like to throw your hat in the ring, uh, deep. Uh, but it will be Marc-Andre Fleury against Tam, Cam Talbot uh, tonight. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights trying to win back-to-back against the Minnesota Wild and grab that 2-1 series lead. Uh, pre-game show at 5.30 with Ryan Wallace. Uh, the game action with Dan Duva and... Gary Lawless at 6.30 TV coverage on AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, Thanks for listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Enjoy the game, everyone.